This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Green Chef. Hey, everyone. Uh, we would like to start out today's show by saying thank you to everyone who was able to donate to our fundraiser for the National Network of Abortion Funds. Uh, it ends within the next 24 hours or so, but we just want to say how incredible and honestly unbelievable it is that you all came together to raise over $25,000 in one week uh, for this cause. And it's it comes at such a pivotal moment for our country when it comes to the reproductive rights of women. So honestly blown away. Again, thank you so much. I know we're just a stupid news show on YouTube, but you've all proved once again that communities can come together and help create positive change in this world for others. Yeah, and we didn't even have to climb any tall buildings. Exactly. Uh, so thank you. And uh, now that we've talked about money well spent, it's time to switch gears and talk about how $45 million went up in smoke in a gamble that we, along with so many others, predicted would fail. Then, the MTV for gamers. Yeah, so first off, we want to be fair and balanced and say that if anything good came out of Venn, it was the fact that it provided people, many of whom we uh, are acquainted with or, yeah. or know, uh, with, uh, you know, a job and money. People in the digital production space uh, had job opportunities at this uh, doomed company mm -hmm. uh, during a time where, uh, you know, job opportunities weren't really happening all that much for large swaths of the media landscape. Because uh, then launched during the early days of the pandemic. Yeah, it technically launched before that, but they but they went live like yeah. three months into the pandemic. So this was at a time where companies were laying people off en masse. Yeah. Um, so this was actually like, hey, this is, <laughs> you know, as a charity, uh, yeah. <laughs> this works. At, their, at its best, uh, VC money is, is great at just creating make-work programs mm -hmm. for talented people who should be being utilized uh, more, you know, effectively at more important jobs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, while it might have been a nightmare to work there, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually it was doomed from the start, which was pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, it was an active production that hired people during a time where uh, many were completely hung out to dry. Having said that, it was apparently a nightmare of a company to work at. And uh, that's not just us spitballing. They... We'll get into there it. There is information <laughs> yeah. that has come to light. Um, and yeah, apparently Venn suffered from many of the same problems that have affected other digital content factories and game studios alike. Um, like the one that we worked at. Uh, mm -hmm. Nepotism, sexism, layoffs resulting in added workload with no extra pay for those who remained. A bitter internal power struggle. Management who clearly had no idea what they were doing. And, and Ding, and ding, ding, ding. Yes. I know all about those things. Uh huh. So this place took all the problems that MCNs had gone through over the course of the previous decade and seemed to just sort of distill it all down into a nice, calm, like uh, just compact package where we do all those things. And we do it all in under a year. From, yeah, from it's rise to fall. Any percent MCN speed runs. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> it is. Uh, now, this information about the behind-the-scenes downfall event comes from a recent article in Input Mag from Tom Caswell, who was able to get under the hood of the company and uh, got statements from what appears to be a lot of the Venn employees to paint a pretty vivid picture of what was going on. Many of the statements seem to mirror the same concerns that people from the outside looking in were raising as well. Most notably, how is a company this big with this much production and this much talent going to make money off of Twitch, enough money to cover its budget, let alone become profitable? Having lived through a company that struggled even after whittling down its internal content to just the basics, taking one look at any of Venn's content from the launch immediately conjured flashbacks and red flags. Yeah, like, oh, this is slick. It looks very expensive. How are you going to pay for it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially, like, where your primary platform is Twitch. Yeah. Which relies 
heavily on user subscriptions where typically you would assume that the users paying the money would see something like a slick production like this and be like, well, why am I going to give money to a corporation technically or a big business that is paying for itself? Like, why am yeah. I contributing to this? Twitch also, uh, you know, it rewards organic growth. Exactly. Slowly. And uh, personality. Building an audience over time. Yes. Uh, creating a personal uh, parasocial connection with your audience. Not just springing a, like, $100 million operation being like, Hey, where is everyone? Look at this. It's, uh, why is no one watching our, our great shit? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, is like towards the end of even at Machinima, it's like they were trying to do more Twitch and YouTube streaming stuff. And like, that way people can uh, pay to watch it. They're not gonna and it's just that. like, no, no one's going to fucking do that. This company's owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Venn is uh, VC backed with $45 million. Like, it's it just didn't work. make any sense. So yeah, it also goes without saying that for the most part, the way that people view content and the digital content that is successful is based on personalities. It's not really based on brands. Mm -hmm. And while there were great personalities on Venn who are great at what they do, those people would have been, and in many cases are, now bigger by themselves than they were on a, at a company that poured millions of dollars into production. Yes, because was, uh, you can sit in your room and yeah. do a live stream and get... Uh, Unlimited. The sky is the limit to your this own success. This is another like machinima thing that always drove me insane. It's just like, like guys, they don't love machinima. They love Battlefield friends. They love like they love Sark. They love they these love, yeah. individual shows. They don't give a shit about the name. Machinima. It's yeah. like it's like no one says they're a fan of like uh, Unilever. Like I love Unilever products. <laughs> well, the investors. I love do. Dow Chemical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I love. I, well, I, that's the thing. Is I we, love Discovery Digital Studios. So that's all of their the example content. that we no. would constantly break, uh, bring up in our meetings with executives back at Machinima. Was I always brought up the no one wears uh, an AMC Channel T-shirt. They wear yeah. Walking Dead T-shirts. They wear Breaking Bad T-shirts. They don't and, wear and no AMC. One except, no one except for Rob Lowe wears an NFL hat <laughs> at an NFL game. <laughs> I just love the game. Not taking sides here. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> someone wearing an umpire hat at a ball game. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also one or two people doing a channel or a stream, that's obviously going to be far less of a financial you know, investment, <laughs> less of a financial stress on an operation than trying to get enough views and sponsors to sustain 100 or more employees. This was a big operation. Yeah. A lot of overhead. In addition to that, their production studio was in one of the most expensive areas of the city. Uh, everything was wrong. They were right next to uh, Google and YouTube. In like Venice? Uh, Playa del Rey, I believe. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, but it's cool. We can go to the beach on our breaks. They call it Silicon Beach, and it is very expensive. Uh -huh. And there's no reason to have a warehouse uh, anywhere that the rent is going to be high. Put that shit in Burbank. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Well, we'll get to it, because that's exactly what they did uh, after they realized their mistake. Yeah, what are we doing? So, uh, yeah, when this was launched, it was obvious that it wasn't going to last. We didn't think it would crash and burn so quickly, but I guess they burned more money up front than anyone could have expected, considering... It would take years before establishing an audience substantial enough to prove this network's worth. What they were doing was impossible, apparently. The math didn't add up. It's a, it's another movie pass business plan. Yeah. Step, step three, question mark. Step four, profit. Exactly. But let's dive into this latest article and the autopsy of Venn to see just how bad things were uh, under the hood. And you can read the entire thing at the link uh, in the description below because it is definitely fascinating if you're into the, all that catty drama that plays out at startups or digital productions. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there. this is an extensive article. It's multi, multi-pages. So it's we're just kind of hitting the bullet points here. Yeah. Uh, first, the optimistic hopes of a team of talented people. Now, 
Venn was an exciting proposition for many of the people hired to bring it into being. Quote, when I got the job, I thought to myself, this is the best day of my adult life, Ooh. a former producer tells Input. That producer and the rest of the more than 100 employees who were hired likely didn't imagine that within months of Venn launching, nearly all of them would be out of a job and that almost one year to the day of that flashy trailer's debut, the company would enlist an accounting firm to help look for an acquisition. Yeah. Uh, now it goes on to talk about the, their research into the company, uh, the interviews with employees that took place, and the, the one point uh, nearly every conversation came back to. Quote, despite its attempts to be the future of games media, they claimed Venn was the most mismanaged company that any of them had ever worked at. It, That's and it's usually just like, the case at a company that has a, sh a, a completely illogical business model where there is no path to profitability, but the, the everyone, here, everyone at the top is like, we need this shit to be profitable right now. And the goal is that uh, someone like ESPN would come through and buy yeah. the company or MTV, Viacom would come through and buy the company. It's like, man, remember when all those companies bought MCNs for like $100 million? Yeah. What if we just did that again? That shit is over. The age, of, the, the venture capital golden age ended a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, it continues. It's a business, they say, that failed to understand its product and audience with leadership that created a brutal work environment for employees. As one former worker wrote in an anonymous feedback form the company issued after a round of layoffs in late 2020, Venn is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. <sighs> Not mincing words. And uh, another quote on the overall view of the company reads, To describe Venn in one word, a nightmare, a disgruntled former staffer says. The heads of the company, they have no business ever again running any kind of production. They are in way over their heads. I've never seen a bigger shit show. A boys club culture, top to bottom, a complete colossal failure. The article also goes into the pay disparities between male and female workers, because mm -hmm. of course, as well as the failed promise of an inclusive work environment and a bro culture that allowed nepotism to flourish. Oh my God. They would be that there's what like is two <laughs> there's like two quotes in there like one is from a female staffer who was like I was highly underpaid for my position and then a quote from a male staffer who was like this is the most money I've ever made in my life and they were like similar positions so either that uh, male employee was being vastly underpaid at a previous job which could be true uh, or uh, they were just kind of screwing everyone except for their friends yeah. Uh, now, outside of employee compensation issues was the cost of production itself, an amount that ballooned because of the company's location on the west side of L.A. in a 6,000-square-foot production <laughs> facility, a sixth of which was covered in LED walls. Uh, but even that production facility was apparently short-lived. Despite the fact that Venn spent a large portion of its money on its L.A. studio, less than nine months after launch, employees learned it was shut down and production was being moved. To where? Nobody knew at first. One day we showed up for work and the company had moved without <laughs> telling us, one former employee says. The studio was just gone, and for a while they wouldn't even tell us where they had moved to. The entire company, it turns out, had relocated to Burbank, to a much smaller production facility. Multiple sources agree that the company should have started in a smaller space to begin with. This is another thing that these media startups, they all drop so much money on appearances. Because they're walking potential investors yeah. around in their production the facilities. Entire, they're saying, look how cool yeah. this is. All their money they're spending is not on the actual product. It's on creating a strong impression on anyone who shows up for a meeting. It's about a vibe. Yeah, it's like, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but like, um, Look yeah. at the Business Insider article the, about Machinima. The Machinima Business Insider office tour, which was just like a huge farce. Yeah. It's like, that, they care about that shit. Uh, yeah, because investors want to... Yeah. It's assumed success. Yeah. Because you walk in and you see the arm from Pacific Rim a as a cool coffee table. company where everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, it's like, you know, everyone had to like take the day off from actual work to pretend to 
and fill in spaces at some points. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they hired like actors, like seat to, fillers, to fill some of the seats. Or they, at the very least, they spread people around. They, they had just done layoffs somewhat recently at that point, and there were uh, some some empty spaces. You're not shooting your Nerf gun. Um, couldn't Why help is but no notice... one playing ping pong? The thing that we yell at you for playing usually, but yeah. today I want to hear those pings ponging. Yes. So anyway, these are all internal problems at Venn that you know, would have been nearly invisible to the audience they hope to build. Yeah. Um, once millions of people are watching Venn every day, these financial troubles will be a thing of the past, right? Step four, profit. Uh-huh. But as anyone who watched their shows can tell you, that audience uh, kind of just, it didn't happen. It failed to materialize. It was, uh, it was. I mean, it's hard to get the, the full picture because they were streaming on a number of different ways. But if you ever tuned in on, on Twitch or YouTube, it was like the low dozens to, tops. To be honest... Here, you can't, in good faith, say that there were some miraculous numbers somewhere else because Twitch is so easily accessible and targeted, and yeah. they bought front page access so many times yeah. that the lion's share of their views would have had to have come from Twitch. And at a certain point, they were getting a lot of views, though it was suspicious. Yeah, um, so, yeah, the audience was apparently uh, smaller than... People were aware because it it appears as though Ven was, um, oh my gosh, they were viewbotting their channel in order to convince potential viewers that it was worth watching and to convince potential advertisers that it was worth spending money on. Mm -hmm. Sounds like fraud to me. Multiple well, it's like, it's not exactly. Were they doing the thing where they hide it at the bottom of news yes. stories? And so stuff? it was that, and then they were they were getting a promo on the front page, which. Anyone who logs onto the site is going to auto stream in Canada's view. That yeah. doesn't mean they're interacting with the content or enjoying it. They're just browsing I for the moment. I thought Google was like going to do some sort of crackdown on that t sort of uh, thing where basically like ad companies will embed a bunch of ads on websites, but there'll be a uh, ad at the very bottom of the page where no, you one, don't even know it's no one will yeah. ever sc uh, scroll down that far and it'll be a tiny video that's automatically muted. Well, and it's also why technically being watched. It's also why news organizations every single article has a auto playing video. It's they Our that, metrics are amazing, and that is what advertisers buy. I mean, no one watches for more than one second. Literally, everyone pauses it the second they go <laughs> yeah. to the website. But yes, uh, so multiple sources say that the company was relying in part on its influencer hosts and high production values to sell the content. "Quote across the board, there was no viewership because there was no strategy," says one former producer. The article lists examples of the marketing failures, including the fact that the company apparently relied on their on-air talent to make up the viewership from their own followings, which almost never works, um, especially on the scale needed to back a multi-million dollar company. And if you're going to do this, they no one ever fucking understands it. They're starting to. But it's like, you have to clearly stipulate that in the contract. Like, if you are hiring someone for something because you think their social media following uh, is part of the deal... Uh, it's not. You need to make a specific line. You're paying item a about talent that. fee. The, the yeah. fee. That's an appearance fee. It's separate. But also, uh, there's been uh, studies done about this. The uh, even on huge accounts like a Kardashian account or whatever. Yeah. The click through rate to go off whatever platform they're promoting something on is like less than a percentage. Yeah. So getting anyone to do anything that is off the platform they're currently doing anything on is next to impossible and never translates. But don't, you know, advertising, it actually does work, by the way. It's uh, it's super effective. Yeah, especially and, when you uh, make that, when you talk to the hosts about promoting a product, which we'll get to. Yeah. We'll get to. Let's just be clear. When we it, love 
advertising is a great way to get your product out there, especially through like ad reads, like in the middle of a YouTube channel. Yeah, a sponsored like, read where we talk about the product. It's and worth our every penny that you drop on it. Yeah. Let's just be clear about that. In fact, it's more valuable when you do it with us. Yeah, added value. Because mm -hmm. you get two hosts for the price of one. Exactly. I uh, mean, <laughs> we'll get to the ad read. Don't worry. Anyway, here's where it gets uh, a little crazier, though, regarding uh, the view botting of Venn. So despite these issues in the network's early weeks, Venn's programming somehow enjoyed live viewership in the thousands. However, when looking at additional engagement metrics, the view count didn't make any sense to staff, leading them to suspect Venn had been paying for view bots. During one broadcast in the network's first couple of weeks, gaming insider Rod Breslau, known as uh, Slasher, known yeah. on Twitter as at Slasher, unexpectedly dropped into Venn's Twitch chat and made a joke about the number of real viewers. When management caught wind of this, there was a panic. And after an all-hands meeting, the viewership began to drop dramatically. Quote, our views went from 20,000 a show to like 100 people overnight, says one former employee. <sighs> the slasher effect. Yeah, so he I slashed those, those views. Yeah, uh, I, we, I, it's a pretty powerful position to have management just shaking in their boots yeah. about just appearing in their chat. It's like when Jordan Uhl appears in a Navy chat. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, God, he's going to sink our battleship. <laughs> Hello, Secretary of Defense. I've got Jordan <laughs> Yule in my chat. What do I do? Yeah. So we've spoken before about how this happens on Twitch. You know, there was an expose a while back that showed the process of embedding streams at the bottom of high traffic websites, which would count as a view while the user browsing the site would have no idea they're even contributing mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And But the, the funny thing is, you can always, with just an extra second of diligence, spot a channel that has been view botted mm -hmm. um especially on youtube when we covered um ozy media yeah uh, ozymandias media like their youtube channel was is like the vast majority of the videos had like under 50 views and then there were just random ones that had like exactly fifty thousand, exactly a hundred thousand they're running them as ads before other YouTube yeah content. that's how view botting on youtube works and it's just like come cool. on a little bit of inside info there that's how uh companies get away with it on YouTube. They run them as ads. Yeah, perfectly legal. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the rest of the story behind the scenes plays out in the exact same way as the demise of every single MCN YouTube network, but at a rapid fire pace. And there's a lot of details in the article that you should read through. But basically, these big productions started, started out with the proper amount of staff to run them correctly. And as the money burned and the budgets tightened, there were layoffs, which resulted in those who were left taking on multiple jobs in order to keep their own all while receiving no raises in salary. The, the amount of fucking deja vu this is all giving me is, yeah. is kind of insane. So it's, the, it is the, it's the Machinima speed run. They did 10 years of Machinima. And this happened like in every, every yeah, other. Every, and, and, yeah, in some, in some cases, even worse. Like, uh, I think full screen. Full screen was even more bloated than Machinima at its peak. Yeah. And their, their fall from grace was much more rapid and... Uh, had a, had a lot more consequences yeah, for like, their employees. Full screen and Maker, because they had such a wide array yeah. of uh, genres, whereas like at least Machinima was targeted. Yeah, like it's it, this is gamers. This, yeah, you're selling to gamers. We only have to target one specific type of audience, and yeah. we somehow are going to fuck that up. Uh huh. Uh, so yes, uh, the hosts and producers at Venn they took on all of the responsibility, and the crunch quickly drove them insane. As it will. And, uh, in a lot of cases, also created power vacuums where remaining employees attempted to seize control of certain aspects of production while management just looked the other way or created job titles out of thin air in order to please people. 
Oh, you're upset that this person took over uh, an executive producer role? Well, you're the well now you're an executive producer you as well. You are the executive vice producer of content strategy deployment. Yes. And that's a very important job. I, I, you know, I trust you to accomplish the responsibilities of uh, content strategy deployment um, to the best of your abilities. Uh, while I'm in this role, should I actually be learning what an executive producer does? No. No, the good gonna, news. You're going to learn on the job. Here's the good news, too. Executive producers, they don't do anything. They don't do anything. <laughs> Kick back. Yeah, welcome to Hollywood, baby. Yeah. So the company uh, then switched to short-form content for YouTube to try to save itself. That's, that's what we call a pivot. Mm -hmm. They reached the pivot stage. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there were more layoffs. Uh, the writing was already on the wall, clearly. Then was they were done. They were bleeding out. And uh, they were looking to sell off their assets to a buyer, maybe. One that has... Still failed to materialize. They're Somehow. apparently still trying to sell the company. Hmm. As the article points out, Venn's social pages haven't been updated. There's been no new content added to any of their platforms in almost a year. It is very weird because I, I would regularly sort of check in on how they were doing. Yeah, and, I had a couple and friends they, that there. You know, they, yeah. didn't, they made no formal announcement that they were ceasing production. It's just like one day, it just stops with no acknowledgement at all. Across all of their social platforms, across all the streaming, their website, it's like frozen in time on the last day of work. Well, friend of the show, Sasha Gray, is doing just great on her own personal Twitch channel. Good. Good for her. I think she's still playing Elden Ring. But uh, meanwhile, you know, the off, the on-screen talent, they've continued to do well on their own personal yeah. channels uh, because that's where people know, they know where to find them. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I like watching that. I can watch more of that on their own channel. Yeah. And we hope that the people who were working behind the scenes were able to land on their feet after this experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the very least, they learned, they got a, a hell of a crash course on red flags to watch out for when working at these types of companies. You know, it's funny, and I have no insight on their business at all, but I did uh, inadvertently drive by. I didn't even know this place existed. I drove by uh, the Phase Production Facility the other day. Where is it? I, well, I don't want to, like, I'm sure it's publicly available, but I don't want to, like, say the exact cross streets. But it's in a, a, a big part of town. Um, and you drive by and it's like, it's like windows with like high end computers and stuff, like clearly visible. I'm just like, yeah, this is not good. This has happened before with other companies where people like just drive trucks through the window and then steal all their stuff. Yeah. Well, but it's like there's phase logos all over it and everything. What was that company we used to work near that, uh, that happened to? The Gaming League. It's like, yeah, it was something. Like yeah. EGL or something like that. Something like that. Someone literally just like, like drove a U-Haul. Cause they it. had just glass walls facing the street with their computers like all the yeah someone just drove a truck into it yeah i was just driving and i was stopping at a, i was at a stoplight and i looked over and i was like huh phase headquarters hmm. weird anyway that's a pretty extensive opening story we just did so let's just tell you about today's sponsor now who that, is going to do so well with our endorsements yeah because because sponsorships are they were the most effective way specifically to get the these about, kind of these kind get, of podcasty yeah. uh sponsors they are the best everything vended bad Everything we pre rolls do, before videos, effective. meh. Actual engagement, but yeah. So thank you to Green Chef for sponsoring this show and for keeping us from turning into the next van. Exactly, because we have a path to profitability here at this channel. <laughs> Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, or just looking to eat a more balanced meal. Green Chef offers ranges of recipes to suit your preferences. Mm -hmm. With fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients that you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. 
Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time eating delicious home-cooked meals. It also saves you time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every single recipe so you can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes at home without compromising on taste. And if all this sounds familiar, that's because Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, so they can provide a wider array of meal plans to choose from. And we're, of course, big fans of their vegan and vegetarian recipes, which are full of plant-based proteins and wholesome sides. Some of our recent favorites from this category include their black bean flautas, flautas. Uh, their sweet potato pita pockets, mm. which delicious, and the sweet and spicy orange cauliflower bowls. So if you're looking for a healthy, fun, and easy way to eat healthy, we definitely think you should try Green Chef. And right now, they have a special for our viewers. You go to greenchef.com slash todaydaily130 and use code todaydaily130 and you'll get $130 off oh, plus wow. free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash todaydaily130 or click the link below. Use code todaydaily130 for $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Number one. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the news now with uh, what could be Ukraine's David Hasselhoff dancing on the Berlin Wall moment mm -hmm. for all the old heads out there who even know what that means because <laughs> uh, U2's Bono and The Edge traveled to Ukraine and performed a 40-minute concert inside of a subway station over the weekend in an act of solidarity and to reinvigorate and inspire the citizens and soldiers of Ukraine. And look, I mean, whatever, this is this is dumb. We don't really understand how Bono showing up to your country to sing for you is supposed to help things outside of some momentary escapism. If you're even a fan of U2's music, um, I think they get a lot of unfair hate. Their their first couple albums are still bangers. They do have some of the most iconic, uh, yeah. just bland rock songs ever what, made. I mean, their first couple albums... Before, before they were huge, before the Apple era, before... So that like, was the big turning point, yeah. I think, for a lot of people, was the a lot of the negative connotations with U2. Uh, uh, they, they do come from the smugness of being involved in every humanitarian crisis on Earth, yeah. uh, which is, they're trying... Yeah, Bono, theory, is, Bono is annoying. Yes, they're <laughs> trying to do good things, but they just always show up at every... It's like Sean Penn. They're yeah. the Sean Penn of musicians. Yeah, okay, buddy. Um, but yes, the big turning point for U2 was when... Uh, I, I don't know if it was was it it was an iPod, not a not an iPhone, right? Yeah. It came preloaded with the YouTube album, and like you couldn't delete it unless yeah. you actually went through and plugged it into your computer and did some uh, hacker man shit. Yeah. Um. So that was a big moment uh, for YouTube that uh, made people not like them very much. But, but yeah. Yes. So it seems like it's mainly uh, this whole thing is so that Bono can score some more humanitarian points and also perpetuate the narrative that YouTube's music is the great healer and unifier that the world needs. Yes. If only everyone bought more U2 records. Imagine the paradise that this world would be. That band ruined Joshua Tree. All the trees are getting climbed on by influencers. This is all <laughs> U2's fault. Yeah, it's all just very odd. Citizens, I know we've been through a lot these past 75 days. Many of you lost homes, family members, and are now fighting for your lives. But don't worry. We've got a big surprise. It's going to turn those frowns upside down. Ladies and gentlemen, Bono and The Edge. That's his name, The Edge. Yes. Uh, now, to their credit, apparently Zelensky asked them to come perform. So what are they going to do? Say no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they, they do have a few songs that fit the moment of what's going on. And there, there's a few songs that are, you know, inspiring. It's a beautiful day. Mm, that one. Yeah. Okay. It's about finding uh, the happiness thinking, in bad I was thinking more like Sunday, Sunday Bloody they did, Sunday. They did Sunday the, Bloody Sunday, uh, and they performed it like with some uh, Ukrainian musicians Where as well. the streets have no name. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. So thematically, this makes sense, all right? It's just more strange news. Um, here's CBS with more. 
U2's Bono and The Edge held a surprise performance in Ukraine on Sunday, singing in a subway station in Kyiv. The singer and the guitarist were joined by members of a Ukrainian band as they performed hits like Sunday Bloody Sunday. President Zelensky invited us to perform in Kyiv as a show of solidarity with the Ukrainian people, and so that's what we've come to do, the band tweeted from its official account. And look, if it cheered people up, then look, this is great. Good for them. At the very least, Bono and The Edge are more brave than Louis C.K. He just cut and run the second trouble showed up. Uh-huh. He had the chance to make the people of Ukraine laugh. He was already in the vicinity. Yeah. So instead, decided to avoid the region entirely. So, salute our heroes, Bono and The Edge. Uh, not ours. Ireland's, yeah. but... Uh, Speaking of Ireland, oh baby, it's happening. What? Sinn Féin won the Northern Ireland uh, parliamentary Oh, election. yeah. Okay. Uh, it could happen. We, we might finally get 32 someday soon. Not going to hold my breath, but very exciting stuff. And also, Star Trek The Next Generation, literally, they're like, yeah, so you know, it happened right around the time of the Irish reunification of 2024. And it's like, what the fuck? People do be predicting things. They do be predicting. Yes. Speaking of surprise performances, though, it looks like Travis Scott has been announced for his first performance since the whole Astroworld tragedy in Texas. And we shit you not, he is apparently scheduled to perform at an awards show. Like... I mean, we could make sense of him maybe playing a small show to try to test the waters. You know, it would be in poor taste. I don't really think anyone would appreciate it less than a year from that tragedy, but it would make more sense than what's actually happening if it even does end up happening. Um, so according to Billboard.com, Travis Scott, Ed Sheeran, and more to perform at 2022 Billboard Music Awards. So yeah, it seems uh, fair that Billboard would know what's happening at the Billboard Music Awards. Uh, it looks like it's actually going to happen, and it would be his first performance since Astroworld. Um Here's some quotes from their article. Their article kind of reads like another brand doing a hit piece on the Billboard Music Awards. It doesn't really so seem like uh, the most fun self-promotion that they've I, done. I'm sure it's two completely different departments, probably in two <laughs> completely different buildings, maybe on different coasts of the country. That's true. They are a large company. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely reads... Editorial and events. They probably don't talk much. It reads very odd. Uh, it sounds like they're proud of this booking. <laughs> here's, here's the article. The Billboard Music Awards will broadcast live, coast to coast, from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on Sunday, May 15th at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on NBC, and will also stream live on Peacock. Yep. This is Scott's first award show performance since a crowd crush during his performance at the Astro World Festival in Houston in November killed 10 people. Scott's remix of his song Goosebumps is nominated for Top Dance Slash Electronic Song. So, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so uh, tune in, see what's going Very on. Exciting but, uh, stuff. Let's see how many people die this time. Uh, well, well, this episode is obviously taking a somewhat serious <laughs> turn. So let's let's instead talk about something that's pretty inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, especially since it is out of Florida, which that's a state that has pretty much only produced horrific news stories in the past few weeks. Yeah. Um, plus, like this story, it it allows me to do something fun. It allows me to make Elliot read a bunch of really childish stupid words and phrases. I love that. The state of Florida, uh, they only do this every couple of years, and I think we covered it last time, too. Yeah. They recently released the data regarding their personalized license plate program from the past three years. And now, <clears throat> we all get to see what people attempted to have attached to their cars, but were rejected from doing so instead. In total, around 790 requested plates were rejected. And here's some examples that were provided by a local outlet and Oddly enough, uh, a lot of them have to do with your butt. A lot of a lot of butt stuff in here that was rejected. Hell yeah! So the rejected plates included the following: wanker, fart man, you idiot, you idiot, <laughs> you idiot, doo doo, oh farts, 
Mr. Poop. Fuck COVID. F you Biden. F Trump. Hell nah. Hell yes. Violent. Crazy bitch. Kidnapper. Homicidal. CIA baby. FBI 19. And ret- FBI, which I guess is retired FBI. Yeah, I do love that they're like, yeah, we rejected both fuck Biden and fuck Trump. And also... Hell nah and hell yeah. Yeah. So the great equalizer. So yeah, luckily some edgy license plates actually did make it through the approval process. So let's see what the state of Florida came up with that passed their inspection. Uh, you got sicko with a with a five. Dub bully. Sexy grandma. <laughs> that very sought after license plate in some parts of Florida. Yeah. The, the uh, what is it? The, uh, uh, the villages. The villages. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably on a golf cart already, but uh, someone wanted to make it official. And, and uh, yeah, you know, one, Put it on my core one of the old ladies like had the idea and another old lady like stole the idea. Like, check out my new license plate. It's a sexy grandma. I told you I was going to get sexy grandma. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> you bitch. Uh, I got a pee. That's a good one. Moe's sticky. Get some. McNasty. Satan lives, lives, I guess. Get us, get, get us, you some. Get you some. Free as Publix <laughs> and was fuzz. All right. Some of those are just confusing enough to like, yeah, get by. But uh, uh, Publix is something that even when I was growing up, we would joke about the name of Publix, which is the uh, supermarket chain in Florida that is also has look. They, just like Chick-fil-A, they do a lot of terrible shit, yeah. but they make delicious sandwiches. I've still never been. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, Elliot. Always appreciate you saying really dumb things. Um, but also, I am sorry that I must inform you that one of your previous takes has been shown to be invalid. Once again, the worldwide feral hog epidemic is still raging on due to a lack of access to high-capacity firepower, and the latest victim of these wild boar attacks is none other than the humble picnic. Can't even enjoy a picnic these days without feral hogs, wild boars just coming through and destroying you, your children, and your meticulously crafted charcuterie boards. It's like Yogi Bear, but Yogi Boar. Yes. Picnic baskets. <laughs> Here's the Guardian with more. Picnics have been banned. <laughs> Picnics. Picnics have been banned and bins fenced off in large swath of northern Rome as health authorities move to contain the wild boar population after African swine fever was detected in a deceased animal. Feeding or approaching the animals has also been forbidden, while people who have walked through farmland or nature reserves in the affected areas have been told to disinfect their shoes. African swine fever, which is fatal to pigs and wild boar but harmless to humans, was detected in the body of a dead boar in the in Sugarata Nature Reserve in, on Thursday. The affected anti-boar red zones in Rome are located in the north and northwest of the Italian capital, including an area close to Vatican City. They're going for the Pope! Residents in several neighborhoods last week imposed a nightly curfew after a spate of attacks by wild boar. <laughs> they sound the boar alarm at like uh, 9.30. <laughs> One woman suffered minor injuries after being pushed to the ground by an animal she encountered as she put out the rubbish. The Italian health minister, Roberto Speranza, said the situation would receive maximum attention. Andrea Costa, a health ministry undersecretary, said the government was also discussing a slaughtering plan to reduce the wild boar population. I respect the sensitivities of animal rights activists and environmentalists, but we are facing an emergency and it must be addressed with emergency measures, he told the state broadcaster, Rye. Uh, modern problems require modern solutions. So we're going to kill them. Uh, yeah. And everyone come out on your balconies and bang your pots and pans at 9 p.m. for the boars. I think one of the last wild boar incidents we talked about was uh, this insane video of this this lady coming out of a grocery store uh, in the 
near Rome and being cornered by a family of boars and like having all of her groceries just stolen from her. We admit we were it's wrong. It's wild. And that we were wrong These about people the feral hog problem. They're yes. defenseless. Yeah, what are you going to do as an Italian? Swing some fucking cured meat at it? I mean... Get away! Yeah, I mean, a big enough salami can do some damage. But the good thing is you follow those wild boars and you'll you'll get some truffles every once in a while. Yeah. And there you go. So, uh, look, you win some and you lose some. Mm -hmm. So, yes, this is, if you're wondering, it does sound like a job for a few red-blooded American patriots. Wouldn't be the first time we've helped clean up Italy's mess. <laughs> Our boys... Our American boys, we can take on 30 to 50 of these feral hogs with a single assault rifle. So it should only take a small army in order to cull the reported 23,000 wild boars that live in and around Rome. So you're welcome in advance. We'll be wow. sending... Uh, yeah, send some of our top men. Yes, they're on their way now. So if you hear warplanes overhead, don't worry. It's just the Americans. It's the Americans. Nothing to worry about. You're going to be eating bacon in no time. Don't leave any pies sitting out on the window, though, because... Uh... Damn. We do like to steal baked goods. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're Americans. We, we have a little fun. We steal baked goods. from. But we make up for it. 50 uh, or 80, 80 years, years later. 80 years later, you get a pie in return. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's our show. And uh, yeah, uh, it's the last chance to donate to the uh, abortion funds fundraiser we're doing. Um, but also thank you to everyone who's already donated. You've already done so much. I can't. I'm shocked. It's five times what we <laughs> yeah. set as the like goal amount and, and still rising. So that's awesome. It's it's honestly incredible, and thank you so much. We're uh, in the future, like YouTube, to their credit, has made this platform pretty seamless when it comes to doing fundraisers. So um, we'll probably w. do more in uh, in the future. So yeah. thank you for what you've done so far, and uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, here's something odd though about what you should do now. Uh, we do have two new episodes for you. One involves a <laughs> penis on a person's arm. And various stories involving that penis yeah. and that arm. Pretty graphic. Yeah. Pretty... Guess what? Initially, Elliot did the right thing. Clicked yeah, on I the filled things. out the survey. I was like, there's no way this is getting monetized. And they're like, you're right. Because they it's... do. Behind the scenes, YouTube, they will ding your account if you say that it's good, but yeah. it ends up not being. And if you get a certain amount of those, you have to sit for like two hours every time you upload while uh, a computer watches every yeah. second of the video. So, you know, we try to be proactive about it and tell the truth every time. And if something's going to be demonetized, we... Indicate as such. Uh, about 12 hours later, YouTube was like, nah, this is good. And they clicked the green button. Uh, for whatever reason, News Dump, on the other hand, which I went out of my way to make sure that there was absolutely nothing that would be considered uh, explicit or violent there. It's a family show. Went out of our way. Got tagged for extreme violence by a human reviewer. So I've submitted it for yeah. re-review and also submitted feedback, which is just going to go poof. Yeah. Like much like Venn's VC money, that feedback will go into the air and no one will ever read it. But I was like, literally, I went out of my way to make sure this was fine. So that one got hit with demonetization and brought down from people's sub feeds. So uh, just watch both, but yeah. uh, make sure you watch Weekly Weird News or sorry, News Dump as well. Um, strange, but that's how it works, and it's a mystery to us still to this day. So what do we know? Please subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so you actually get videos, yeah. and uh, leave a comment for engagement. Click the like button. Thank you for donating. We really appreciate it. The videos are now up on the screen. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.